thank you so much for joining the Faith Chapel podcast. Wherever you may be joining us from, we hope that you know that you are loved and that this message encourages you throughout your week. You know, I've really enjoyed this series, and, and when they first told me, hey, we're going to spend a month on inviting, we're going to keep telling people, invite your friends week after week after week, I, I got a little bit nervous because I thought, hey, this could, really, this could really backfire, you know, telling people what to do week after week after week. Hey, invite your friends. Hey, quit telling me what to do. <laughs> but in all honesty, it, it has been such a blessing. It's been so rich. I, I've enjoyed it greatly, and it's been timely. Because the reality is, is we sit here on Sunday morning, but there are people all over our city who have yet to experience the power of Jesus Christ. And there are people all over our nation who have yet to experience the power of Jesus Christ. And there's people who at one point in their life attended church. And and through whatever reason, the the pandemic, um, soccer schedules, baseball tournaments, whatever the reason may be, they decided that church just wasn't really a priority for them anymore. Church really wasn't necessary for their day-to-day living. Church was something that we went to, but it wasn't really something I needed anymore. In fact, thinking about the, the last year and a half, when everything shut down, routines were, were chaotically halted. And, and just because of, of human nature, we started creating new routines and, and new habits. And so Sunday mornings looked a lot different from us. And, and when the time came back to come back to church, a lot of people decided, you know what? I, I kind of like my new normal. I, I kind of like not waking up early and I kind of like not having to serve. And I, I kind of like this new normal that I have and the life that they once lived of, of serving and, and worshiping a life that was so important to them is now a mere memory and certainly no longer a purpose. And so I want to take some time this morning to talk about the church because over the past year, the odds are is that you know this person that I'm describing. You, you've seen them and you used to check your kids in with them at kids ministry and you used to get coffee with them at the coffee shop and you used to sit by them and, and you came back and your family came back and you haven't seen them and you're wondering, are they, are they ever gonna come back? The same people week after week after week you would do life with are suddenly now just, are just gone. And if we're being honest, even before the, the past year, we would miss from time to time. They would miss from time to time. And it wasn't, it wasn't a huge deal because the church was still there and the church was still operating and the church was still going. And, you know, my attendance didn't really affect what they were doing. And so, you know, NFL Sunday's on. I gotta go. <laughs> the beach is calling my name. It's been a long weekend. I just wanna stay in and, and rest. And, and we kind of formed this, this habit of, of taking the church for granted. And we no longer felt the power of community and no longer felt the, the power of people coming together to serve the same God. And because we got into that routine and because we were, were forming this new habit, not even really knowing it, when we got to the end of, of, of lockdown, we said, you know what, I, I think I'm an online person. 
think I'm an on, I think I'm just an online churchgoer. That's kind of the cool new thing. I'm just a, I think I'm an online person. And I'm going to listen to the best communicators in the world talk about whatever I want them to talk about, whenever I want them to talk about it. And that's just, that's kind of how I'm going to do church. I, th- I think I'm an online person. And I wonder how many times right before our eyes, we saw our friends and our family treat church as supplemental, not essential. Church was something that we came to when we needed it. It wasn't something that we saw as an affectionate part of our daily life. And I wonder if the person that I'm describing to you even realizes this morning that their soul longs for community and longs to worship with other believers. You know, one of the greatest disappointments for me during, um, well, just during everything, was uh, the fact that I couldn't do what I love to do the most, which was attend live sporting events. I was so bummed. I, I love going to the stadium. I love being a part of the experience. I, I, I love it. And so I was really, really sad when sports came back and I couldn't be there. And I was, I was grateful, right? I, I was grateful. Remember, remember, we had not watched anything live on TV for five months. And so when the Rockies were playing at 11 o'clock, we were like, yes, I can't wait. I like, we like, I'm never gonna take this for granted ever again, right? Like, we were just so hungry to watch anything. But if we're being honest, we would watch the, these games, right? We would watch them and, and just, it was, something was off because there was nobody there. And the greatest athletes of our generation, the, the greatest athletes at their craft were performing at the highest level, competing at the highest level. And nobody was there to cheer them on. And so I, as a fan, knew the games are still happening, but I was missing out on the experience of being there. And I can't help but draw a parallel between that and the church of today, where so many people are are watching from afar through a screen or or watching from afar through a podcast or or watching from afar, and they're merely seeing what's gonna happen. And I've come to realize that, that God did not create us to be spectators. He called us to be players in the game. So many people the last two years have viewed the church as as idle or, or viewed the church as, as stuck. They viewed the church as, as, well, what are they gonna do? How are they going to respond? And they're, they're viewing from afar. And those are the people that, that are the spectators. And I think when we get down to it, uh, God is asking us, he's saying, you are a player and the church desperately needs you to start performing at your highest level. I think a lot of people would rather watch than give everything to become the best version of their self. They would rather watch than give everything to be a player in the game. And when we understand what it means to be the church, we get out of the stands and we get back into the game. You, This morning, you, you are a player. You're not a spectator, you are a player. And when God does things in your life, that, that's where amazing happens.
When is the last time you were amazed by something that was happening in your life? When was the last time you got to the end of your day and your head hit the pillow and you were just like, wow, I cannot believe that just happened. I, that was amazing. I know there's a, a mom in the room and your child threw up all over the car and you, your head hit the pillow. You were like, I cannot believe <laughs> that just happened. That's not really what I'm talking about. But, but genuinely, when was the last time God did something so mighty in your life? You sat back and you said, wow, that was amazing. I want to tell you a story today about a day that left people amazed. And it happens in Mark chapter 2. And, and it's a story. Jesus comes to a town called Capernaum. And, and he's getting ready to preach. And word starts getting around that Jesus is going to speak. And so the room starts to fill up where Jesus was. And it says that it fills up so great that there was no room left for, for anyone else. Well, four people catch wind of, of Jesus, and they've heard about the miracles that he's done, and they've heard about the amazing things that he could do, and they have a friend who's paralyzed. And so they say, you know what? If, if anything, we should just try. We should just try to get our, our paralyzed friend in front of Jesus, and then maybe something will happen. So they pick him up by his mat. They take him over to the house. They lay him down, knock on the door. And what do they say? Sorry, there's no room for you. Which, by the way, is probably our biggest fear when we're inviting our friends or our family. It's like, hey, there's no parking spots available. You got to go to the back lot, right? <laughs> you got to walk further. But let's read this story. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by the four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd. Pause. Do you know how frustrating and disappointing it would have been to carry your friend through an entire town to a house, knock on the door, and be told, Sorry, we're sold out. Sorry, we don't have any room. Hey, sorry. They must have thought, what was this all for? I carried him all the way here. My back is aching. And for what? You prayed for that miracle week after week after week, and you drug it around with you. And for what? You invited your friend over and over and over and over again. And they finally came, and it wasn't even the main pastor. It was his son preaching. Why? <laughs> Don't make me feel too good, stop. You finally got your neighbor to come with you, and, and the sound was messed up. For what? And that disappointment for many of us has driven us to do one of two things. Leave entirely. We're, we're just, this isn't for us anymore. Or, or two, spectate from the outside. And that's kind of the person I'm describing to you today. Because I, I, I think that this structure that Jesus was in, I don't think it was built like this building, I don't think it was built like our homes. You know, I, I think if you stood close enough to the wall, 
you could have probably heard what was happening on the inside. You could have probably like put your earbuds in and, and listened to the podcast. Like you could, have, you could have heard what was happening on the inside. That's, that's not what they needed. They, they needed a healing. They needed to be within. They needed to be at the feet of Jesus. Obviously, it wasn't God's will for you to get healed today. And so sorry, I mean, we did, we kind of did all we could. Do you have a friend like that where they say they did everything they could do, but they didn't really do everything they could do. And now you're just sitting there and you're just like, I still got problems. Uh, we did everything we could do. I'm sorry, I'm gonna just, you know, you know, maybe if I just keep praying for you, somebody else will, will break through it and, um, and we kind of feel good about ourselves because we're, we're, we're low key, we're giving up, but we're just gonna keep praying and maybe somebody else will come along and, and they'll have the breakthrough. But these boys, I like these guys. We did not carry you all this way for nothing. We did not come this far just to go home. Let's read. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. I know we can't get in. I know we can't. I know. But what if we went up? Friends, sometimes in your life, there's gonna be levels. And sometimes God's telling you no down here because he's calling you to a higher place. It's not a no, it's a higher calling. I invited my friend and they said no. I invited my friend, they said, they said I, I don't know what else to do. They said no, and God said, they said no because your relationship is baseline. They said no because you haven't poured into them. They said no. I need you to go higher. I need you to go deeper. They do not have a door to go through, so they make one. They had to dig. I love the terminology. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging. I don't think there was a Home Depot back in this day. I do not think they came prepared with tools. You know what I think they did? I think they clawed and scratched and dug a hole in the roof. And I think maybe the best thing that could happen to you is that you get to a place of such desperation where you pray a really scrappy prayer that you're clawing and scratching and digging. I want people who are going to dig for me. I want people who are going to pray for me with such desperation that when I need Jesus the most, they are not going to give up at the first no, they are going to dig. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, this is interesting. What does the friend's faith have to do with this man's sin? Is it possible that your actions affect more than just your life? 
Is it possible that the prayers you pray affect more than just you? Is it possible, I'm just asking, is it possible that the example that you set for others is not for yourself? I wanna think that the four boys of the story were sitting on top of the roof, right? Looking down at, what did he say? He said, he said, son, your sins are forgiven. I mean, that's not really what we brought him here for. <laughs> did Jesus not know? I mean, do we need to tell him? Hey, Jesus, thank you for the, for the forgiveness, but like, my man can't walk. <laughs> you think you can make him walk? It was, it was kind of obvious what they wanted him to do. Their friend could not walk. They were sick of him complaining all the time. They were sick of him feeling sorry for himself all the time. So they thought, this is the day that you're gonna walk. And they had just dug a hole in the roof with their hands. Their hands are bloody. They're in complete desperation. And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Well, that, that's great, but that's not really why we came here for. Isn't it great when Jesus bypasses what we want to give us what we need. We wanted a yes to our invite so badly. We wanted an answer to that prayer. We clawed and dug and we gave everything and it wasn't even for us. And Jesus gives us an answer that we were not expecting, but that we needed. Friends, I'm so glad that he chose to forgive my sins today before I could talk. I'm so glad he chose to forgive my sins before I was born. I'm so glad that that came first. I'm so glad that salvation's at the forefront of everything we believe. The obvious thing to do is to heal the man, but before God can do what is seemingly obvious, he has to change the inside before he goes to the surrounding. God wants to do something absolutely amazing in your life. He wants to do something absolutely amazing in your friend's life and in your family's life. But what he's more concerned about is the soul. He's more concerned about the heart. Before he changes your situation, he needs to be sure that you are ready to receive it. The faith of four men who believed for their friend what he could not believe for himself. Maybe it takes four. Maybe it takes four crazy small group leaders. Maybe it takes four crazies. Let me ask you, who's in your four? Who's in your four? Who do you got praying with you and for you? Who are you doing life with? Who's in your small group? Are they willing to dig and claw and scratch with you? Are they, are they willing to pick you up out of your hard place? Who? Who's in your four? It took the right four. The wrong four, they would have turned around and they would have said, yeah, we, we tried. What do you want me to do? It's sold out. All right, let's go home. It, it, it took the right four. The right four said, it ain't over. We've got some digging to do. It ain't over. I've got some praying to do. It ain't over. Wait till I get into my word. Wait until I get to the Bible. It ain't over. Jesus, he might, I might have gotten a no here, but let me tell you something. 
it's not over. Come on, let's just spend the next 10 seconds. If it's not over in your life, let's just give God some praise. Come on, 10, 9, 8. If it's not over, I'm gonna dig and dig and pray. I'm gonna fast. It ain't over. It's not over. Whatever we have to do, let's just get to the feet of Jesus. Verse six, now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? There's always somebody negative in the room. He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. What the friends did got him to a place where he could be forgiven. But there was still something that the paralyzed man had to do for himself. I wanna make it very clear this morning is that it is not your responsibility to heal and to restore. There's only one person who can do that and he is doing a mighty fine job. You can pray and pray and pray and invite and invite and invite, but let me tell you something. It's God's job to restore the heart. Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to do what you can't do in front of everybody. I want you to do what you have been unable to do for your entire life. I want you to take what you came in on, I want you to pick it up, and instead of it holding you, you will be holding it. I want you to go walk around for a second with your testimony. I want you to walk around. Does somebody have a mat in the room? Anybody have a story of how God came down into your life and healed you? Anybody have a restoration that when they say, look, when I was, I was in church one day and something absolutely amazing happened. Didn't you used to struggle with this? I gotta tell you, I walked in anxious and afraid and alone and scared. But when I walked out, I had a profound peace that came over my soul. I walked in and my marriage was in shambles. And when I walked out, oh, let me tell you about what happened when I walked out. Life change. Amazing. There are people right now in this city who are laying on their mat crippled by their situation. And we have the power on the inside of us to not just invite, to not just pick up, to not just drag, to not just pray, but to leave this room that we are in with our own testimony, with our own mat and say, if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Let me tell you what amazing is. Verse 12, he got up 
say he got up. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them. Here's what I believe. I believe that when people enter into the presence of Jesus, they're able to get back up again. I believe that when we bring our, our crippledness, when we bring our, our brokenness, our shame and our grief, I, bring, I believe when we, when we present that to the feet of Jesus, I believe that he gives us the opportunity to get back up again. And yeah, it takes courage and it takes faith and it might take four crazy friends dragging you to the car. But I believe that when you enter the room where he is present, I believe that's where amazing happens. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. They were not amazed by the preaching. They were not amazed by the hole in the roof, by the interruption. They were amazed by the demonstration. They're not gonna be amazed by anything I say today. Not gonna be amazed by the wonderful worship that we've had this morning. They will be amazed by the fact that when they came here, they felt one way and they left different. They were amazed at the transformation. They were amazed by the miracles. They were amazed by the restoration. They were amazed by the overcoming of, of generational addiction of substance use. They were amazed by the breaking of strongholds. They were amazed that once they had suicidal thoughts and now they don't. They were amazed. Because this, this is where amazing happens. They were amazed by Jesus in a place doing what he loved to do most, restoring. I'm not sure where you're at in your faith this morning, but here's what I believe. I believe that the same Jesus that we read about in the Bible is, is living inside of me today, and it's living in so many of those in the room. I believe he's here, I believe he's present. I believe this, this place, this morning, I believe this is where amazing happens. And, and so maybe over the last 30 minutes, you've been wondering, man, that, that kind of sounds a lot like me. I've been struggling and I've been, I've been distant. I've been spectating. And in just a moment, we're gonna give you the opportunity to get out of your seat and get back in the game. We're gonna give you the opportunity to, to become a player and perform at your highest level. And, and what that looks like is that that is a, a relationship that you have access to with, with our creator, with Jesus. And, and when you bring your problems, when you bring your brokenness, your shame, your grief, your mourning, 
to his feet, to the altar. He restores. He renews. And I can just speak from personal experience. It's, it's amazing. So with every head bowed and every eyes closed, I want to say a prayer. But before I do, I want to know who I'm praying for. If, if that's you and you're saying, Joe, I'm, I'm ready to get into the game. I want, I want a relationship with God. I want to be in relationship with this Jesus who has the power to make me whole again. Would you just lift your hand? sick of being on the sidelines. I'm sick of being in the stands. I'm ready. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. I see you. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much for meeting us here in this place. We are grateful for what you did for us on that cross. I ask for all the people who, who raised their hands this morning that this would be the first step of an internal relationship that they have with you. I pray that this morning will be the turning point where they are able to take whatever it is they were going through. And it is now a testimony for what was. We thank you, Lord. We give you grace, we give you love, we give you mercy. Thank you for being present. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, amen, amen. Thanks again for joining us today. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like to further connect with us here at Faith Chapel, visit us online at faithchapelsd.com or any social media platform at faithchapelsd. See you real soon.